Serena's not a Sailor Scout, she's a failure scout. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend and watch every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. Because we do love it. Except I don't love it this week. (laughs) No! Well, we love it enough to make up for you. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited about this one because I know that we're going to have a good discussion uh, with our guest, uh, who is a returning friend of the show. She was here last week. She's been here before. Leanne Centaur is here. Uh, Leanne, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, especially uh, this one. This, you requested it. You, you specifically, we always like to ask people when they're on the show, like, is there an episode you want to come back for? And you said, oh yeah, this one. Yes. This is the one you wanted. You, you said, I want to be here for the shining silver crystal. The moon princess appears. AKA a, a crystal clear destiny. Yes, exactly. That was the old version. Sorry. I, <laughs> I'm I so bad. excited. I, I, yeah. I think Jordan and I are going to be talking a lot yeah. about this version of this episode, which was very special. This episode well, was, you know, when we, when I was young, this was the, everybody's favorite episode. This was the episode that everybody remembered and talked about for so, so long. And yeah. I, I did not expect that it would live up to that. And when I rewatched it five years ago, I was like, wow, no, that was great. And when I rewatched it for this, I was like, yeah, that's still great. It's <laughs> a great episode. <laughs> Great. It's it's weird that this was everyone's favorite episode because uh, there are like zero cats buttholes in this episode. <laughs> and as I think we all know, that's that's what's in the episode I like. I I like that episode too so so much. But this is a really good, one. just yeah, a so very different kind. We talked about this a little bit in our last episode, uh, but Leanne, you you said that what really drew you to this one was that it's this is where uh, the gears shift and we get like pure uh, romantic angst for like four episodes in a row. Oh yeah, I mean more than just even romantic angst. This is the real life superhero identity crashing together. The greater ramifications of what what your life has become and where it's going to go from here on out. And just sort of brings everything. It takes everything from being silly and fun, which is like great, the earlier episodes. And they, you know, they had their moments of darkness. And here it's like, think a little bit harder about what situation that you're in and the people who are actually trying to kill you and everything that you represent and what your true mission is. And it's like, oh my God, you know, like <laughs> I'm a teenager and I have to do all this stuff and all these people in my life might die. And who are the secret identities of all these people? Just, yeah, so beautiful. It's, it's such a beautiful moment. And I think, especially when I was a teenage girl, this not only was I kind of drawn to the angst and drama, like a lot of, you know, teenagers are when they seek out their media, but it, it kind of, it put you right there as a teenage girl. Like this is the, um, I, I felt it was so relatable this part. It's like, it's almost like finding out you're the chosen one, but in the most horrible kind of way. <laughs> so it's like the danger that's inherent with being the chosen one, which obviously was in the first episode, right? But not the full weight of it didn't really hit you. So you're like right in there in this, you know, creepy older guy's apartment and stuck in this elevator. And I'm not going to go into it, but I thought it was really, really, and it kind of brought me right in there and all the horror crashed down on me and it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is an episode that is 
not as strictly inspired by the manga as <laughs> as certain other episodes. Like certainly not the the pilot or or Ami's first appearance. Uh, but it is the events of the last two episodes are kind of pretty heavily drawn from a couple of different stories because in the manga uh, we get uh, the stories that are what what are their actual title? Uh, there's Memoru Tuxedo Mask, Minako Sailor V, and then Princess Serenity are the titles of the stories because all, all the stories that kind of introduce new characters are sort of named after the characters they introduce. And these are weird ones. Uh, I've talked before about how uh, Takeuchi's manga is, it's its weirdly complex in a lot of places, uh, which is one of the reasons that I prefer Codename Sailor V because it's very much more straightforward superhero adventure. And, mm. and this is something that we talked about. There are things that will come up in Sailor Moon that because it is meant to be a, a saga that stretches from, you know, a thousand years in the past to the infinite future. <laughs> There's there's a lot that uh, that just gets brought up and kind of tossed off, you know, like, like oh yeah, like maybe Queen Beryl was human, <laughs> like maybe Queen Beryl was a person who discovered the uh, the Dark Kingdom, like just chilling out underneath Japan <laughs> in a cave. Uh, it is a place you can walk to. It seems. <laughs> Um, but there are a couple panels, and I, I actually, uh, I was reading the manga last night, and I, I took pictures of them on my phone, so I would make sure to remember. We get a little bit of Memoru's origin uh, yeah. in this episode, and we get it in the manga. And in the manga, it is presented in a way that I think is meant to be one million percent serious, but is actually hilarious. <laughs> uh, which is, Memoru's talking about how his uh, parents died, and there's like a shot of young, like, 10-year-old Memoru, and he's like, come on, mom and dad, I want to go for a drive now. And then literally the next panel is their car plummeting off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't it's, be funny, but it's hilarious. No, it's hilarious. And then there's another uh, there's another scene uh, because in the manga, this whole plot involves a, uh, a video store, which kids, let me tell you about video stores. <laughs> you didn't used to be able to just watch everything in the world all the time whenever you wanted. You actually had to go to a place and give a person money. It was like uh, Netflix, the brick and mortar store, and you had to do it by, you know, three episodes at a time. Yeah. And it was nightmarish and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst possible thing in the world. Video stores were the worst possible thing? Uh, like, I have a certain amount of nostalgia for video stores. Oh, I but loved like, them Let's, when I was let's be real here. They were terrible. I they were compared, terrible. Compared to the accessibility, but they ended up becoming a little bit of a hangout, too. Because, yeah. like, it was like you'd go hang out with other people and go through all the boxes and be like, oh, have you seen this? It's the best movie. So it was kind of like, like a little bit of a cultural center, but also sometimes the people who worked there were some of the stranger members of society. So... <laughs> Plus, like, I feel like I, I, I was able to, I, like, memorized so many movie boxes that, like, I only know them through the packaging now. Because <laughs> I, I looked have, at them so many times. I have, like I said, I have a, a weird, huge amount of nostalgia for video stores. But I realized a couple years ago when that became a thing, because everyone who had nostalgia for video stores turned 30. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I don't have nostalgia for the experience of going to the store. I have nostalgia for the box art. Right. Uh, yeah. So I have, like, I have bought multiple books that are collections of VHS box art. Wow. Because oh, they're wow. great. I didn't even know such <laughs> a thing one, existed. Wow, that's great. Oh, there's a great one. Uh, there's one that Fanographics actually put out called Portable Grindhouse that is, uh, like, it will, you will remember some of them. You will definitely mm -hmm. remember some. And I love, there, there are great websites that you can go to that are just scans of VHS boxes. That's because, great. like, the advent of Photoshop ruined like cheap low budget DVD boxes. They all look like garbage now and it's very upsetting. Like they used to be like a painting. Yeah. <laughs> a bad painting, but a painting. Um anyway, the plot in the manga involves a uh, dark video store, <laughs> which is what it says on the sign. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, and there's a scene where uh, uh, Naru uh, runs into her friends, the the other two girls uh, that go to school, uh, Rika Kelton and uh, oh, what was the other one's name? Yeah, in the novels. Oh, God. Jeez, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, We've what, said it so what many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. names in those books you wrote 17 years ago? <laughs> I will uh, find it. It's uh, but it's they're like, oh, Naru, you're here at the video store too, and there's a a panel of Naru kind of winking and but sadly winking, and she goes, <laughs> lately Usagi hasn't had any time at all, so I thought Aww. I'd pull up the weekend watching videos. Lisa Brownridge. Lisa Brownridge. So I love the idea that Naru, like, because Usagi won't hang out with her, she's like, I'm gonna go rent a movie and just watch a movie alone, I guess, and she goes to dark video stores. She's feeling very dark. Number 14. Yeah. That is that is number 14 for Naru. <laughs> Poor Naru. Uh, so like so how different is it? Like well was last episode different? Like did 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 uh Last episode was very different. So I say oh, yeah. dress up as Sailor Moon or no? No, there's no, no. There's So it's no like Zoe's dresses as a woman at some point as part of a trap, but um it's just like a throwback. That that whole thing of that overly complicated um <laughs> mission that you hated yes. <laughs> in the Dark Kingdom. That was anime original. <laughs> okay, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but we do have, like, this is a major turning point for the series. Oh, yeah. Like, we do oh, have, yeah. but since, you know, since day one, almost, we've been looking for the moon pudding. Uh, <laughs> and now she's finally here. Moon pudding? Uh, <laughs> we've, you know, we finally got, we, we don't get another scout for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we get Chibiusa, but she's not really, like, she doesn't turn into in, turn into Chibi Moon even for, like, right. a really long time. So this is this is the crew here, uh, these five. Inners, uh, they call them the Inner Senshi, and then later they get the Outer Senshi. Yeah, so we get them, and, and then, like, in this episode, we finally find out who the moon pudding is. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's it is a big deal for shifting the show and it's kind of impressive that they went this long with it in a way like we've talked about all the filler episodes because when you get right down to it the story that is sort of being adapted here into the uh the anime is chapter eight chapters chapters right. eight and nine yeah. of the uh of the manga and and we're in episode 34 34 yeah so there has been a lot going on more um, than four episodes per per, per uh, act yeah like long stretches of time that we're we're seeing these uh these scouts running around Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i guess now we do not have any twitter questions to answer this week so if you have a question that you would like to hear us answer on the show please send it to our twitter account which is at sailor business i don't i really don't understand why you don't think that the sailor scouts could be the knights of the round table well there's not (laughs) enough of them for one thing first of all there are because there's more than there's There's more than just scouts based on the moon. If you like, int- that later you find out there's like way more scouts named after ridiculous things like iron mice. <laughs> mm. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, that's I know. Like stars so, that- spoilers. Things are coming. Stuff gets full on cray in season five. Yeah, Sailor Moon is Arthur. Uh, you know, Tuxedo Mask is Guinevere. I think probably. So are you like gender swapping it? Of course, saying, yes. Like, of course. Oh no, all the knights were girls. No, no, they were. They, it was their essences were born into men at that point, which is why they don't mm-hmm. turn into Sailor Scouts. They turn into mm-hmm. knights. Mm, I don't know if you can see it, but I am definitely frowning. <laughs> why are you frowning so hard, so audibly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> People can hear you like frowning from the other side of the room. And Luna is 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 Merlin, and Artemis is somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Artemis, Artemis is, uh, is somebody else. Yeah, like uh, Morgan Le Fay. I don't know. No, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't, that, that doesn't work at all. Don't, okay, forget that one. But uh, Chibi is Mordred. That totally works. 
Okay, so you're saying that, uh, that, that in that timeline, uh, Sailor Moon was killed by Chibiusa. Yeah, that's why okay. she's so they're so aggressive towards each other now. Chibiusa like showed up and pulled up. Right. Yeah. She actually pulled that trigger. Mordred pulled, pulls his gun. <laughs> um, I don't know who's like who's Galahad. Probably Amy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think <laughs> do you think King Arthur was always like eating too much cake? <laughs> Yep, of course. Like King Arthur was like riding <laughs> off uh, to find the Holy Grail with toast hanging out of his mouth. Wow, that yes. would have made it so much better. Oh, where is the fan art? Fan art, we demand uh, you. Look, that is your that is your one. <laughs> King Arthur with toast hanging out of his mouth off to find the Holy Grail. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, like on a horse being like, I'm gonna be late to meeting. <laughs> oh, and the horse and the horse should be Luna. No, what <laughs> should be a, should be that a could be horse with a. Uh, Oh, it could be Artemis. There you go. <laughs> Artemis the horse. I don't know who M- Molly and Melvin are. They're just friends. Subjects. Yeah, they're just they're <laughs> did, subjects. Did King Arthur have any loser friends? Oh, wait. I guess now that I think about it, Molly and Melvin don't have to be reborn in this cycle. <laughs> they? <laughs> they're just Sanders by. <laughs> they're always you know, reborn a- as somebody inferior and targeted <laughs> by the enemy. Like <laughs> You don't think there was a Molly and Melvin on the moon? The was eternal victims? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we are on the moon, <laughs> Molly. No, that, why did you just do Molly voice talking to Molly? <laughs> no, that was that was an Amino voice. No, that was Molly's voice. No, it was, look, I, I can't even try the to do The important thing is the metaphor doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, the, the important thing is that this idea is terrible and we should move on. I, lo- I like it, though. I, yeah, like, I like it a lot. It doesn't connect in all the ways, but it's, fan it's art, charming. Fan art, yeah. send it in. All right, uh... <laughs> So then we should just get to the episode, right? There's going to yeah, be a lot uh, to talk about. It's a great episode. Chris is 100 million percent wrong. Mm, objectively. Look, look, I am. Maybe maybe my mind will change uh, by the time we watch this episode. So this is uh, episode 34, The Shining Silver Crystal, The Moon Princess Appears. If you would like to watch along with us, it is on Hulu. Now, again. Uh, oh, I know Jordan, why you don't you watch like this the, episode. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Because it's serious? <laughs> no, because it, she doesn't introduce herself at the beginning. I know. It's <laughs> very upsetting. How are we supposed to know what's going on with this? show if we don't know Yusagi's blood type and birthday. <laughs> well, we literally get a recap instead, so we yeah. do know what's going Whatever. on. If it's your first episode, you're going to be confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say don't start with this one. <laughs> like, I apologize to anyone who started listening to Sailor Business with this episode, too. <laughs> oh, sorry, can I do a really quick anecdote? Yes. Uh, when sure. I was in middle school and my friends were trying to get me to watch this show, I tried to watch the episode with Hercules the Cat and I turned it off <laughs> 10 minutes in because I'm like, I'm not sure why it exists. <gasps> no! It was not a good first episode no. when you're a 12 year old or a 14 year old girl i'm just like what is happening why there's so many rats anyway that um, is our other favorite really episode surprising. of all time yeah because yeah. i like i recommended that people even if they haven't watched the show i recommended that they kind of started with that episode to see how well, weird it is if people know what anime is now i mean we're talking like 96 too it was like everybody was saying oh that stuff from japan is really weird you wouldn't like it and then i turned that on and i was like what's happening anyway but at this point like a friend of mine was really into it and then this episode happened and the following month Monday, which was like the sequel to it or, or, you know, an episode or two after this, she had to go to club and she told me, can you please watch the episode and then summarize it for me because <laughs> I need to know what happens. She didn't even and ask I was to tape like, it? <laughs> no, well, like we weren't really, I don't know if like we could tape, but not that well. Okay. Like, I don't know if I had a VCR that was connected, you know, like sure. I eventually did take them, tape them all off TV, but that took like a concerted effort. You know, I was just a middle school kid. I was like, yeah, sure. This is kind of the old school way that you would... <laughs> 
follow a show. It's like, can you watch it and then summarize? So I turned it on and it was an episode or two after this. Um, and I was like, all right, there's a guy named Tuxedo Mask and they love him, but he's evil or something. You know, sorry, <laughs> slight spoilers, but like it was so complicated. And as I was describing it to her, I was like, I need to try this show again because like something serious happened because she had described this episode to me to give me like a little bit of, you know, she's like, they're in an elevator and all this stuff happens or whatever. And I was like, uh, I mean, that sounds good, but the show is really weird. And then, so this was kind of where I came in, like nice. the second time, the real time, um, but over like a, a school lunch table, this being described to me and then me having to watch the sequel and then follow up and then be like, okay, I need to start from the beginning because like all the shit hit the fan at once. <laughs> And it was like, how are all these plot threads happening? Like, what's going on? Oh my God, so complicated. So that's probably partially also why I'm so attached to this episode. That yeah. I look forward to us getting to the first episode I ever saw because it's a really random episode and I want to watch it again <laughs> going, how did this pull me in? How random uh. is this? I um, wish I remembered what my first episode was. I, I mean, I'm sure it's one of the ones we've watched, but I really wish I remember what what I saw that made me made me go like, oh, I'm just going to watch this every day. Did you guys <laughs> like, have like social groups around this? Because like in my middle oh, school, yeah. all the girls were into this, which is partially why I started looking it up because it was like the cool kids were watching Sailor Moon. I mean, again, I was I was older, but I was in I was in high school. I think it was my junior year of high school. I was friends with a bunch of girls who were sophomores, and they started watching it. First. First, and they told me about it and I was like uh that sounds cool <laughs> yeah so I checked it out I had I mean I had just you know my my friends who were into anime uh <laughs> that we used to you know go to the video store and and rent one of the four <laughs> anime movies they had you know Slayers. I hope you like Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed yeah yeah this actually uh, might have been Slayers Slayers. Slayers was in there but like and then when you know stuff started to come on TV like it was weird because you know I watched it on Toonami but for some reason like I gravitated to Sailor Moon instead of Dragon Ball Z Hmm. Which, like all of my friends were like really into Dragon Ball Z and I was like Dragon Ball Z is boring as shit you guys <laughs> like this show is all about cats buttholes no you misunderstand the show I think <laughs> is the problem uh, they're set from the moon. Well, then, in, like, the sentiment that if you do enough push-ups, you can fly to the moon. If, like, if that doesn't appeal to you, then Dragon Ball loses something. Because it's basically, yeah, like... like that, based on everything else I like, that should have appealed to me. <laughs> I guess, yeah, superhero stories and stuff, yeah. No, I don't know what it was. Like, I never... Maybe you needed, um, like, the romance and the, the jewelry. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of jewelry. I, mean, I remember... Well, he does do a fashion report every episode. Mm. I guess it was probably around the same time that I was watching Sailor Moon. Uh, I was also, like, sci-fi would show, uh, the sci-fi channel would show some anime in the mornings. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would get up at, like, you know, seven, and then while I was brushing my teeth and getting ready for school, I would watch Ronin Warriors, mm. which I have not watched since, but I kind of remember it being, you know, it's a team of, of color-coded people fighting monsters mm -hmm. that, you know, in my head, and I have no idea if this is accurate, I have not watched Ronin Warriors in at least 15, 16 years. In my head, it's like, oh, it's just Sailor Moon with dudes. So I would watch like Sailor Moon, or I would watch like Ronin Warriors in the morning, go to school, and then come home just in time to watch Sailor Moon in the afternoon. I guess they have so, sort of similar appeals. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I, maybe I should go back and see like if Ronin Warriors holds up at all. I heard it wasn't at all. I was yeah, at a party the I, other day and somebody was mentioning it. They're like, "Wow, that show was really terrible. Don't actually watch it." But the fan fiction was amazing. <laughs> I just remember them be like having those awesome like robot suits that would get periodically upgraded. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe it's maybe it's I'm all about suits that get upgraded. Well, it's like the Sentai mentality, right? Like yeah, it, very if, much. If you're into that, then Sailor Moon makes more sense than Dragon Ball, which is nothing like nothing in common with Sentai. Well, that would have been. I guess that that was probably it for me because I went from 
you know, really, really liking Power Rangers in middle school. Yeah, there you to go. To really, really liking Sailor Moon in high school. I mm-hmm. guess that's a really easy transition to make as well. Sure. So it, Yeah, it's a little, I don't want to say necessarily it's more superhero. I don't know, because like Dragon Ball, I think, has a lot of this sort of working really hard uh, fantasy where, you know, guys can kind of, I mean, guys and girls, whoever identifies with it, can sort of work really hard and then become so powerful and blow holes in planets and stuff. Um, but at the same time, there's like villain of the day, stuff that you have here, fighting crime, urban, kind of an urban environment. There's a lot in Sailor Moon that I think appeals to a different side of superheroes. So, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it can kind of go either way. And I definitely I mean, knew that Sailor Moon was big with both genders growing up. I mean, even though it was like there was a real cultural thing about girl groups and how everybody had to be a certain like, OK, I'm Mars in my group. And so nobody else can be Mars. And it was complicated. <laughs> there were a lot of like early proto fandom kind of stuff that was going on in middle schools around America. <laughs> the same time like dudes were super into it too so yeah i i think with a lot of dudes you know you know straight dudes who you know cishet dudes who grew up watching sailor moon it was very much like oh which one do you have a crush on yeah <laughs> for sure uh, yeah i did hear that in retrospect they were yeah, like and, mercury was the answer for <laughs> both here and abroad yeah apparently, like mercury. for reals no yeah. <laughs> sailor moon Oh yeah, no, I'm saying like I'm, I'm sure everybody had their their favorite, but Sailor Mercury. We I bring this up with boys um, who'd grown up with it, and they're like Sailor Mercury, you know, like <laughs> get this look in their eyes. I was like, oh, so that was the one for you? Because she had blue hair. Because <laughs> she had blue hair. Well, she's the cute nerd. She's a little more friendly and kind of um, not necessarily friendly, but she's she's not like super aggressive too. Um, but she's also not yeah. a pushover. Like Mars is mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mars is going to be mean to you. But Jupiter's uh, super nice. Like Jupiter's and she she is very romantic, like as well. She was really big with women. Like women love Jupiter because she's kinda like the tough girl who feels awkward on her own skin. And I think that was something that a lot of women related to. I read a beautiful essay on I think it might have been the toast or Mary Sue about um basically uh, a queer girl who found uh I, I think she I think she might have been like bisexual or something. And and she was saying Sailor Jupiter helps her kind of come to terms with that. Growing up, there was like an episode about um Jupiter. Jupiter and Uranus and Neptune later on and how they're like femininity is what you want it to be and like sexuality is sort of separate from that and you know like there was a lot I think there was a lot of gender and less so sexuality stuff although that you know can sometimes go hand in hand because I think the sexuality stuff got very interesting and you know with the Uranus and Neptune obviously but yeah like I think I think women really related to Jupiter because she was kind of you know the tomboy type that a lot of girls like but she was uncomfortable there like she, she was really struggling with that and I think that that was something that hadn't been represented nearly as much in fiction that was marketed to them at least in the west girls where you have like the tough tomboy girl but like those moments where she's like i I wish i were prettier like is it bad if i say that i wish i were prettier and you know sometimes am i overcompensating my baking too much like you know what i mean like it it was very layered so i can see why she didn't necessarily speak to boys as well as she spoke to girls but i don't know i've read essays about why people think so many boys were attracted to sailor mercury but you know anyone's guess right if anyone if anyone has links to all that please send them to uh at sailor business on twitter because i look there is nothing i would rather read than, than <laughs> well, people talking about uh the, the dynamics of uh sailor moon fandom and i'm not even being sarcastic well, okay there's a uh there's a book coming out called global manga something and i wrote the opening chapter about sailor moon and oh, kind of oh, the awesome. western yeah it's under my real name not oh, leon right. centaur but uh it, it's kind of like it's a manga sorry it's a academic book about manga outside of japan so i wrote about sort of the wave of comic creators in the west and who were raised on sort of sailor moon and 
then it had a whole section in there about Sailor Moon social dynamics and stuff. So I had to actually do some research. That's why I have this kind of fresh in my mind. This was fairly recent. So that's great. I guess you can read that. It's not out yet, but I guess I can send you a link when it's out. Sure. Yeah, we'd love to. Oh, please do. Please do. Uh, and look, look, that's why that's why you're here. Plug stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. So just since they didn't do it on the show, <laughs> our heroine is Usagi Tsukino. She's 14 years old. She's a cancer. Her blood type is O. She's also Sailor Moon. Uh, she has four allies. There's uh, Ami Mizuno, the kind-hearted girl genius who is also Sailor Mercury. There's Rei Hino. She's a shrine maiden. She's a hot-headed psychic. She's also Sailor Mars. There's Makoto Kino. She's a transfer student. <laughs> she uh, can't fit into the regular school uniform, so she has to wear her old uniform. Uh, she's Sailor Jupiter. Now there's the new uh, ally, Minako Aino. No. Who is... No. Spoiler. Just Sailor Venus. <sighs> she's so Minako no, Aino. Like We're going to find out. <laughs> Uh, she is also known as Sailor V, who has been a superhero since she was 13 uh, in a manga that ran parallel to Sailor Moon and preceded Sailor Moon by a little bit. Uh, she has been fighting the Dark Kingdom on her own as a solo heroine with a cat named Artemis for a long time. She has just joined the team as Sailor Venus. Uh, so that brings you up to speed. Oh, wait, no, there's also Tuxedo Mask. He's member of Chiba. He got stabbed. There's also the Dark Kingdom. He's there's slowly Zinusai bleeding and, out. And Kunzai. They're uh, in love? Question mark? <laughs> and there's Queen Beryl. Okay, let's talk about this episode. So. Okay. Uh, again, the episode, not only is there spoilers in the title, it literally, the preview of the episode starts with Sailor Moon going, oh man, I can't believe Darian Sailor, or Darian took Darian's Tuxedo Mask. What, that's crazy. And it's like, what? Wait, that happens in this episode. Don't tell us that yet. <laughs> Yeah, those are really bad. Like, they spoil the crap out of everything. Like, you had to skip over that part. It's like, sometimes there are certain arcs on TV where it's like, don't watch the commercials. Don't watch the commercials. I think there's way more respect for spoilers now. (laughs) For sure. So, we open... With, <laughs> with the opposite of what happens in the manga, uh, which in the manga, uh, Sailor Moon goes, oh my god, you're Sailor V. And Artemis goes, uh, she's the Moon Princess, shut up. <laughs> you show some respect. You treat her with respect. This is the Moon Princess. Everyone needs to respect the Moon Princess at all times. Something that everyone forgets <laughs> like five pages later for obvious reasons. In the anime, uh, Sailor Moon, you know, Bunny Moon, <laughs> goes, uh, you know, who wields the Moonstick. Yes. And is the only one who can use the moonstick. Seems to have a slot healing. for a crystal that's mysteriously empty. <laughs> uh, she says to Sailor Venus, are you the moon princess? <laughs> and Sailor Venus goes, no, I'm just uh, one of the Sailor Guardians. But I hear that the moon princess, much like me, also has super long blonde hair. <laughs> and they all uh, join hands. And they start to sell her teleport. No, they don't. But they, that's later. <laughs> but I really like uh, Usagi's reaction in this because she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe like this superhero that I know about is actually like standing in front of me. That's so uh, charming. Yeah. Like joining my team. This is so great. <laughs> my Kinda team. Like, yeah. It's like it's like the Ms. Marvel effect, you know, where yeah. it's like, oh, my God, like, look at all these superheroes. Like, you're a superhero, sweetheart. And she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> but not like them. <laughs> So great. So then Artemis gets real serious and goes, okay, guys, go, yeah, 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 we got it. We don't have time for this. I, I guess because it's bedtime. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they, business they need to leave for immediately. It was <laughs> it was the middle of the day in the last episode, and now it is just nighttime. And so he's like, we got to go. We'll meet you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Like, and maybe then, go to the bathroom. He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to, I got a litter box with my name on it. Um, <laughs> And then <laughs> Sailor Venus jumps over a story high. <laughs> She yeah. jumps from the ground to the roof of a nearby building and runs off. And they are all like, geez, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think the scouts have superpowers like that. They, they don't. Flew a few episodes. They ago. did fly a few episodes ago, and it was totally bonkers. And here again, they just have super super jump for like one second. All right. <sighs> so back at the Dark Kingdom, uh, Zosite and Kunzite are like, "Hey, Queen Barrel, why did you call us back? Like we were just about to kill Tuxedo Mask and get the Rainbow Crystals." And Queen Barrel's like, "Y'all need to shut up. Do you not see that I am actually standing up right now?" <laughs> That is how important this is. I have been sitting down for 34 episodes. (laughs) I am on my feet. Uh, so Queen Barrel starts talking about the Dark War, which again, uh, which again is Queen Metalia, uh, who is actually the the real power behind the Dark Kingdom. <laughs> there's a queen, and then there's like a super queen. I guess so. Yeah, I thought Metalia was kind of like the like essence with no form of evil, you know, like the Satan, basically. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. I, I, like it makes no it makes no sense, and I don't understand why we need it. Well, unless Barrel was a normal person who was possessed by who was like an empty vessel that was susceptible to evil, and then Metalia uses her like a puppet that's kind of how i interpreted it but i think that's the only the manga way you can yeah well she kind of it's not good uh no i mean i again i'm getting my stuff mixed up with like the deke version like you know in the, the actual finale of this season she's sort of there's power flowing and it almost looks like barrel is possessed and blah 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 so i know i guess i just don't understand what you get from that that you wouldn't just get if it was like queen barrel's the queen yeah and she rules and then that's when they finally fight her i mean you know what i mean we don't fight yeah. her until then it's not like they f- defeat barrel and then she goes but wait there's another person yeah like it's thematic like structurally barrel and metallia just performed the same role right Right. it's not like 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 i said barrel's been sitting down for 34 episodes she never like it's not like she it's not like this show needs someone to be behind queen barrel so that barrel is ultimately disposable like the generals are because the generals are there uh so it's it's really it's really weird that there is something behind barrel that is also referred to by the same title like it's yeah that's the weirdest thing for me because if it's just like if barrel was like yeah there is an evil force i want to unleash on the on the earth that's fine but if it's you know oh yeah there's like another me <laughs> or even if she was like even if she was like we need this in order to unleash like the, to give me the power that i need you know what i mean like that barrel's mm-hmm. like right now i'm not at my top power but once you get me the crystal it will you know i can tap into the forces of like why make it a character or a person with a name or a thing with a name i don't know it was weird it's just a weird thing right mm-hmm. so barrel tells uh Zosite and Kunzite that their great ruler gave the order uh, to cut off, you know, to disengage with a tuxedo mask and says, hey, don't kill tuxedo mask. So again, now if we go back to last episode, so what happens here is, what, what apparently happened was she's watching on the crystal ball. She recognizes the tuxedo mask mask comes off. She recognizes tuxedo mask from thousands of years ago, goes to her master and goes, master, I recognize this guy. That's this Andemian dude. And the master goes, <laughs> the master goes, Oh, we can, we can do, we can work with this. Find him. And, and, and then apparently, now this is the part that I don't get still, the part that is still remains unconnected because what we're going to see is from that, from his identity on the moon thousands of years ago, they're going to find his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. That one's a bit of a stretch. How that, how that exactly goes down. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Look, Man. he's, he's renting it under the name, uh, uh, <laughs> and Prince Endymion of the moon. <laughs> right. Right. Of, of Silver Millennium. And that's also scratched out and like Darian Shield. Remember Chiba is written to that and that's scratched out and then Darian Shield is written under that. Uh, uh, so speaking of, we go to uh, I just, to Memory's apartment. Are you watching where he is. it right now? Yeah. Uh, yes. What's with his door handle? <laughs> it goes the wrong it's direction. Huge. It goes past it's the door frame. Huge. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was just distracting. 
Uh, very weird. He's trying to keep bad guys out, I guess. But By putting a giant handle? <laughs> that makes it easier. <laughs> There's more for them to reach. Yeah, it doesn't really look like a double lock. It looks like just bad design. So he's freaking out. Uh, why didn't he go to the hospital? Like... <laughs> Like Look, you know that in hospitals in Tokyo, they have to report any uh, crystal stabbings to the police. <laughs> oh, they, I mean, yeah, again, they just, there's no reason he should totally go or go visit uh, uh, Andrew at least and be like, Andrew, patch me up. Well, in that in that case, I think it's pretty clear that he literally just got home. Yeah, but why, I'm saying why him, go home? Like, what am I doing? Well, I mean, he probably doesn't want bad guys to follow into Andrew's apartment, but yeah. maybe that's how they found out who he is. Maybe they followed him home. They followed the blood trail. But, yeah, <laughs> and he should have gone to the hospital. Well, then the hospital. Yeah, he was danger. stabbed. He was stabbed in the back by a giant crystal. Like not even like it's not even it's a become knife. a recurring theme. Not as <laughs> big as the one he will be stabbed. By. Like <laughs> twice, knives, another one later in the season. <laughs> knives are at least thin, you know. Right? No, you're right. Like he's stat. Like it's a giant round thing. It's gonna it's be like, a gaping wound. It's gonna be a yeah. big wound. Like he sh- he at least has, and it goes in deep and then turns to acid. <laughs> so like <laughs> Darian is fucked. <laughs> He should go to the hospital. But he's good at putting uh, on a brave face because then uh, somehow, again, Zoisite, full of new powers, like finding guys based on their identities thousands of years ago and tapping into their televisions, uh, <laughs> is able to come on his screen and go, hey, hey, Memor-chan. Uh, and, and see through the TV. <laughs> oh, totally. This is, the I thought, the flirtiest scene because I feel oh, like yeah. Zoisite is super flirting with him. I mean, oh, yeah, like and wants to kill him. Hair. Right, playing with the yeah. hair. And, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure he calls him Mamorochan the whole time yeah i think he does yeah. and he's like well uh well here's the deal uh i've got crystals you've got crystals uh we know who you are now why don't we just fight like to the death probably and whoever wins gets the crystals and he's like all right oh god watching this he's while well, he's playing with his hair he's like flicking his middle finger sorry <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah it is uh god i would have loved to write this part <laughs> but it's like an adult <laughs> so well no but you would have had to write her as a write her as a woman at that point yeah at that point i would have had to <laughs> the time is right for uh sailor moon book nine yeah, yeah that's out, all i'm now. saying like talk to, the, un, the unauthorized talk to kadansha maybe they'll in, do it we are in the middle of the renaissance <laughs> that's true it is it is the return of sailor moon okay so and so, so but the point is tuxedo mask is just like yeah also zoocyte sniffs his hair at one point <laughs> yeah which is pretty great and darian's like yeah i'll take i'll fight you i'll fight you and and zoocyte's like you know you're, you're like bleeding out your shoulder right you're like yeah what of it uh, so, all right meet me at the uh meet me at the what is it the starlight tower starlight tower so they're gonna go meet Jim. this is a fake it. tower right this is doesn't exist right uh i would assume i assume it's well, fake I mean, it's because it turns right. into an evil palace later <laughs> but you never know you mean well, like does I mean, it it's certainly in real life yeah it's not a real life building right i don't think so it doesn't like the architecture looks really strange so i i doubt it it's a dark kingdom plot they but it was yeah, one when of you see it it looks like it looks like it is from space Je- jedi yeah. goes uh, jedi at one point was like you know people get excited about really tall buildings and he set it up and they let it build by accident <laughs> Amazing. Use all this building energy. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah. There's this a giant bunch, bunch of tower. Workers who are like, hey, what happened to Mr. Maxfield Stanton? <laughs> oh, Maxfield Stanton took it. Was funding it. Yeah, sure, of course. Some money up for this. So uh, we find out Usagi got a got detention, and so she's late for the meet the Sailor Scout meeting, and she's uh, running. Okay, this I love this scene so much. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so she's running home. She imagines Ray scolding her because that's still going to happen. You see 
Darian shambling <laughs> along. Again, I don't know where well, he's going to the tower. So he's 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 limping feebly his way to the Starlight Tower. Usagi sneaks up on him mischievously and slaps him on the back really hard, right in the wound, right in the wound. Which <laughs> is a, like that is one hundred percent a thing that that will happen. Like it yeah. has happened to me, like on both sides of it, where like someone will come back and it's like I am not a person who like you know greets my friends by clapping them on the shoulder. But, like, inevitably, every time I have done it in my life, somebody's been like, I just got back from the beach and I have a really bad sunburn. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it is, but that is a a uh, completely realistic thing for Yusagi to just, like, bash him on the back with her book. And I definitely got clapped on the arm the day after I got all the, the all my immunizations, like, a couple weeks ago. It was terrible. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, God. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> from people who never do that. Um, but, Chris, but Chris, this is why I love this scene. Because here's what happens. Usagi comes up and is giving him a hard time. And uh, Mamoru turns around and is like, oh, hey, you're, you're so cheerful. And she's just like, yeah, I'm cheerful. Screw you, asshole. <laughs> because she's ready for it. And he's like, yeah, just just stay cheerful. Keep, keep that... <laughs> Keep that joy in your life. I hope you're always cheerful. Um, and she, and this is why I like the scene because again, this is where you find out for certain, Chris, that she is into it. That she actually likes their playful relationship, even though you have believed all this time that she has just been horribly abused by this man. She's, she, cause she's like, what? Why aren't you saying mean things to me? Like something's I wrong. Think, I think it's not, I don't think it's that she likes it. I think she's just surprised. I think she's, I think she enjoys it because again, I I think that's why she's armed for it. She doesn't Look, say Stockholm syndrome is a perfectly valid oh, reasoning. I'm just going to put it in there. I, I think, think it is. She but. sees him and she goes, I'm going to go I up. I want you to listen to what you're saying. Like, yeah, she was ready for him to be a jerk no, because he's been a jerk. No, that's why hold on. that means she likes it when hold he's on. a jerk. She initiates. She doesn't see him and go, oh, there's that jerk who's always mean to me. I'm going to sneak around the other way. She goes up and like initiates the confrontation. And she's like, hey, you, because she likes their playful banter. And when he doesn't, and she's literally sticking her tongue out and doing the thing where you pull your eye down, which I don't really understand. And is like, I think, disappointed that he's not fighting back and that he's instead being nice. And is like, I don't understand. Something's wrong with him. And that's why she pursues him because she's concerned about him. Also, well, the fact she's got blood on her hands. Yeah. Also, she hit him on the shoulder once and her hand is covered in blood. <laughs> like, if she somehow didn't notice, like, seeping through his... That has been seeping through his coat. It is now afternoon. Yep. Yeah. Like, he got stabbed at night the previous day. He's just been bleeding just for been bleeding 12 hours. Yeah. Like, for more than 12 hours. For like yeah. 18. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, uh, anyway, you're wrong. No, he. I think she's totally. Completely because wrong. that's why. No, I think she enjoys their, their repartee. Well, look, there are, like, there are people that I have, uh, you know, like, there are people that, like, kind of, you know, throw some jabs at me that I used to work with. But I don't want to see those people get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, but if. <laughs> Yeah, I think I don't. No, no, no. I think that I think she literally <laughs> enjoys it, and on and she likes getting worked up and angry by him, and uh, and so the fact that she again she went into this going, oh, here we go, I'm gonna fight with this guy, even though I'm late for a meeting that I'm already worried I'm gonna get yelled at because I'm late. I'm gonna go and have a little fight with this guy because that's gonna be fun. And then he doesn't fight back, and she's like, something's wrong. And then again, uh, because she's super nice, she goes, I'm gonna go after him. That is ridiculous, and you are ridiculous. <sighs> Leon, back me up. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, 
loved them as a couple. I, I mean, like some of the early episodes, he, he is really weirdly mean to like this little girl. Yes. But like at no point did it feel like she didn't have any power in this relationship. You know, like she gave as good as she got. He, it, The onus is really on him. Why are you picking on this middle school girl when you're in college? Um, but yeah, I think you know, she clearly I think she would have missed it if it were gone. Or at least she'd miss him if he were gone. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe she would have preferred him being nicer because, you know, the rest of the seasons, they're like, he's not mean to her. They make out a lot. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he gives her rides places, which I also think was like, really brilliant that they showed that in the anime. He like shows up in the car. He's like, do you want me to bring, give you a ride home? She's like, oh, this is why I'm dating you. The best. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Here are my friends. So like eight of them get in the back. They're like, that your boyfriend? It's like, yeah, it's not weird. He's got a car. They're like, you're right. It's not weird. He's got a car. <laughs> <laughs> So she follows him and surprises also, him. Also, yeah. if you like if someone is a jerk to you all the time, <laughs> yes. to the point of calling you trash. Like literally <laughs> saying on the street in front of other people, you are garbage and only garbage will love you. <laughs> what does that and say then, about you, dude? And then like and then you see that person and you're like, hey, what's up, motherfucker? Uh, how are you doing? Uh, and he's like, he's like, I hope you're I hope you stay happy. Like <laughs> And then bleeds on you. Like, yeah, you're probably going to be a little concerned. Uh, like, just because you're a human being. Yeah, but no, no. I think, again, I still think this reveals a side of it that we didn't see before. It's classic Beatrice and Benedict. They they, they totally like each other. That was really big in the 90s, too. That, like, the, the antagonistic relationship, it had a little bit of sort of danger to it, you know, without actually being that dangerous. Except for this guy picking up middle schoolers in his car later on. But, you know, at that point, she's like, well, I know we're going to have a baby in Crystal Tokyo. So, like, <laughs> yeah, this guy with mysterious stab wounds. Yeah. Uh, Keep in mind also that, like, this is kind of where their actual romantic relationship begins. Like, that was, that's, that's like, them fighting is how they're, how they met. But, like, at this point on, there is no more fighting. Like, they don't bicker at all. Like, he occasionally makes fun of her because he's kind of a dick. But, like, um. Yeah, he still calls her bunhead, right? Yes, he does. Um, but I mean, like, all her friends are constantly making fun of her. She can clearly take it because they're like, oh my God, would you stop, like, (laughs) could you stop shoving a grape, like, in both hands and putting it in your mouth while I'm talking about something serious? Like, he definitely has this talk with her once or twice for, like, you can see in the later seasons, he sort of gives up. <laughs> He's like, I'll also, just wait till you're not chewing. Also, I feel like this is another function of the fact that, you know, this is chapter nine right. of the yeah. manga and chapter 34 of the anime. Yeah. So, like, when they have their connection in the uh, in the manga, there's a lot less antagonistic history. Now, I will say, uh, I do prefer the way that the anime handles it because the way that it, it happens in the, uh, the manga is that um, the video store is like, uh, it's like the ring. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, everybody who watches this video gets their energy sucked up. And so Sailor Moon has to basically moon healing, uh, has to moon heal everybody at once. And like she uses too much energy and she passes out. And then she just wakes up in his apartment where he's taken off his tuxedo. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, um, I like it better when he has a mysterious stab wound that he will not explain to her. Because yeah, it's this somehow was... less creepy. Oh, yeah. Well, th- this is way more like, like epic and climactic. You know what I mean? Like the, the manga didn't have have a lot of those moments that were sort of like now we're setting the scene for the the big action scene and like a, an action movie you know like it had these giant moments but they were more like emotional or like ethereal whereas yeah. this was building kind of like now we have the, the sun is setting and we have to go into this tower and it's like stuck in the elevator you know like it was way more cinematic 
which is great. And I, I think that's also, yeah, why this is so much better. And also you have to look at like the intent of the manga. The manga was not supposed to be some big action series or whatever, but clearly the, the show was more Sentai style. And so, so like I said, he, she follows him. She, she sh- surprises him and he almost punches her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> karate chops at her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like she turns around with a karate chop because her hand comes out of pitch blackness. That is true. <laughs> well, because he's lurking in a dark alleyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, he knows that the Dark Kingdom knows who he is. That's true. So she surprises him and, and he's like, what do you want? And she's like, I'm worried about you. You're you're bleeding to death. If you keep, you know, walking around, you're not going to get better. And he's like, none of your business if I get better. You're worried about me? And she's like, yeah, you have a giant blood stain through three layers of clothing. <laughs> yeah, you're bleeding a lot. Um, you're fucked, Darian. You're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, it's none of your business. Leave me alone. And he leaves her again. And she's like, oh, I'm coming after you anyway. Um, then something really, I think, bizarre happens because so he's walking towards the tower, but you can see the tower in the distance, like a zillion blocks away. Like it's not he's not at the front door. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a while away from it. And then Zoysite goes, oh, I see you've come and teleports him away. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's not anywhere near the place you told him to go. <laughs> Like so it's like was impatient. Away. Yeah, like, so like I know that's you, let's and go, you're slow because I stabbed you. So <laughs> yeah, why are you let's get this stop moving. limping over here. Let's go. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, Usagi has still been following him and he's like, get away. And she's like, no. And they both get teleported into the Starlight Tower. He calls her an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. Well, I'd be kind of upset too, where it's like, oh, great. Now you're going to die and it's going to be on me. (laughs) This middle school girl that I called a garbage (laughs) pile of garbage is now going to be murdered by the Dark Kingdom. (laughs) That's a bit much even for me. Yeah, that is a bit much. You're right. Meanwhile, so, go back ahead. at the shrine, everybody's like, oh, where's Usagi? <laughs> like, she, this is ridiculously late, even for her. Uh, and then Minako sh- shows up. I'm sure that the listeners have already heard this because I can't believe it won't be the, the clip at the beginning of the episode. But Ray says in the dub, that Serena's not a sailor scout. She's a failure scout. Mm. <laughs> Had to be said at some point. <laughs> Oh my god, that is my favorite. Pretty good. That's my new fave. I would recommend everyone the Sailor Failures Tumblr is a thing. And it's like the most amazing Sailor Moon Tumblr. I might have mentioned it last time I was here, but. Yeah, I actually found it recently. It's pretty great. That's amazing. Oh, she's not a Sailor Scout. She's a Failure Scout. Oh, (laughs) God. So then uh, Minako shows up as Minako, not as uh, as Sailor Venus. And they don't uh, recognize her. They only know who she is because she's with a talking cat mm. which they, they don't go okay well we know two girls with with 12 feet of blonde hair and yusagi's clearly not here <laughs> no no they literally are like who are you uh you know because she like like you're just some stranger barging in on our private meeting uh and artist is like come on tell me you recognize us um <laughs> trying to be all smooth and they're like Artemis but it's um, again I like it's gotta be it's just they have to have magic it's gotta be that they just have magic that you cannot yeah. recognize them no matter what I think this actually did a good job of showing that that it's like they like they don't they just met her and she looked just like that and they're like who are you like I think they need to do that sometimes for the audience to be like no in this world people don't recognize them there's magic or something they're, yeah. they basically we, have perpetual sensor all over their face you know, can like we talk about how, how Luna is a complete dick in this scene please yeah. Uh, like, 
they say like, oh, you saw you went to go fight the Dark Kingdom at the Starlight Tower. Because apparently not everybody just knows the Starlight Tower is a Dark Kingdom thing. Like, <laughs> Suddenly. Yeah. You know, I, I guess maybe uh, that's what uh, you know, Venus being there means that you can have a lot of information and just write it off as being like, oh, that's something Venus was working on off screen. Well, yeah, they were. And, I mean, again, they were supposedly they were doing an investigation of some sort, yeah. which I don't know what that entails because we will never see her do an investigation again from our point of view, really. But uh, it, when she's not around, she can do them quite easily. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, and so uh, Ray goes, oh, well, Yusagi, you know, might have gone to the Starlight Tower alone to fight the Dark Kingdom. And Luna goes, if she was that kind of girl, I wouldn't have to work so hard. <laughs> it's like, like, Jesus, Luna. It's like, really poorly timed. Now? Yeah. They're like, <laughs> like, she could be, or she could be dead already. And she's like, well, <laughs> maybe that means she did something good for once in her life. <laughs> for once in her life Usagi uh, never running from a real fight that doesn't sound like her (laughs) (laughs) so uh, in the Starlight Tower which is uh, very unfurnished it's you know get some desks and chairs in there at least they they just built it they just finished it they they haven't leased any of the the property yet Zoocyte puts uh, all of his rainbow crystals down and then Memoru puts his rainbow crystals down so we have all seven rainbow crystals in the same place at the same time and then so it's like laughs at him for 10 minutes okay keep in mind this is situation number one where zoocyte says do this thing and i will do this thing this is the first time that he tells tuxedo mask trust me here's what we're gonna do okay because i want to bring that up later yep yeah and then but then like i said he laughs for like 10 years (laughs) about oh what are you laughing at i'm just laughing at how dumb you are hmm that's not suspicious What do you mean? Well, I mean this. And then finally, Malachite shows up, or Kanzai shows up and steals all the crystals. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you, we can teleport like you have seen us do on multiple occasions. (laughs) Yeah. Also, they make everything around them float to them. Like, yeah. There's no reason to believe that putting it in the middle of a room and walking backwards was any kind of protection. But again, it's not like he tries. He never makes a move. He doesn't run towards Kanzai and go, give me those. He just stands there and is like, that was lame. You shouldn't have done that. That's not fair. It's like you gave me your word. He pulls out a rose after Malachi has literally made the crystals disappear. They are gone at this point. He does go to move, and Zoosite says, Oh, if you do anything, I'm going to kill that girl that you're with. Yeah, that's true. Which, what was he planning on doing if. Like, they didn't know Usagi was going to be there. That's a good question. Um, I guess, they like, also, why don't they just kill Memoru? Well, like, well, well, they no. can't. I know why. Yeah. They can't. They're, They're not allowed to. to. Okay. Here is the first bit of evidence that Kunzite is, does not give a fuck about Zoisite. Because uh, he throws a rose at Kunzite, and Kunzite just goes, I'm out. And just <laughs> <laughs> teleports <laughs> away, leaving the rose to slash right through, uh, well, through, into uh, uh, Zoisite's face. Uh, which makes him very very upset um meanwhile usagi wakes up and is like and sees all this going down and is like why why is that why is darian fighting zoisite why does darian want crystals that's weird she can't figure it out yet why does darian want this thing that tuxedo mask told me he wanted yeah that's why is darian fighting all these guys that looks bruce wayne why are you dressed like that (laughs) exactly another another good this is another case where i go why didn't he transform he's literally fighting bad guys 
already. Transform yeah. into Tuxedo Mask. What are you doing? She was unconscious. Like, he could have done it then. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't. He blew it. And then, uh, so then uh, Zoisite teleports away and goes, like, something like, get ready for a taste of fear. And that translates to giant crystal stalactites. It, it's ice? I well, thought, I, I, thought I only, ice I thought it was ice too. I thought it was ice too, but then it, mostly Zoisite uses crystals. So that's why I switched to crystals at the last second. Yes. Yeah, and then the other thing is also it seems like he could very easily die in this room. <laughs> oh, very yeah. easily. Um, there, well, except for two things. Well, first of all, okay, first of all, I want to mention for some reason this floor of the building is built over a giant chasm. Like there are there are no yeah. floors beneath this floor of the building apparently because the f- hey uh <laughs> hey uh are we supposed to build a chasm here? <laughs> That's you wanted what a chasm, Mr. right? Mr. Stanton said. <laughs> <laughs> like the the floor will fall away and just be like a giant bottomless pit, and also the floor is like made out of like stone. Like anyway, this should, this should be like a short comic where it's like the architect is like <laughs> taking the notes and he's like, "Well, if you're sure this is what you want," and like the guy's building it and stuff, and like they lose a few workers in that chasm, and they're like, "Look, like we could sue you for like it's just not safe," and they like do it and like vaporize. Yeah. <laughs> But but regarding yes, all this lawsuit energy is going to fuel Queen Beryl. <laughs> but regarding whether he will die here, you're right, he could. But I think again, what we're about to find out is this is all yet another ploy to get them into an elevator. This is the second episode we've seen where they have an elaborate, dangerous plan to get them into an elevator. Guess what happens when the elevator reaches the top? <laughs> oh my god, that was the last episode I was on with you guys. It was yes, other yeah, you were on the other elevator episode. Absolutely. Uh, so they go into the elevator. Outside, the scouts show up at this bizarre crystal monolith, <laughs> and and Amy literally says, "It just looks like any other building." <laughs> no, it, it does looks not. Like those, one of those hundred-story tuning forks from Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's clearly not a, a regular building. Not remotely. Uh, also, the elevator is made of roots and crystals. Well, yes. that That is the weird thing. At that point, like, yeah, the elevator itself is super spooky and, and creepy, uh, but but it still doesn't look that way to anybody on the outside. On the outside, it just looks normal. Well, norm, again, it doesn't look normal, but it doesn't look like bio bi- biological in nature, yeah. uh, which it will soon um, like, uh, so, guys I got, I got some bad news uh looks like Usagi and memory are trapped in metroid <laughs> but like can you imagine this again i'm sorry this architect who's like hi, he's had a long day and he's like watching the news like the crystal or the starlight tower exploded in some sort of like fiery villain battle and he's like not really sure what i was expecting oh wait <laughs> like, <he's> like, <laughs> I have thought in the back of my mind that I was basically setting up a villain lair. The important thing is I got paid and I got to move on with my life and can take like better projects. Like I have to be a more discriminating freelancer. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I apologize, Chris, because I just actually saw the scene where she sees them. And you're right. They are in the creepiest elevator in the world. And she's just like, yeah. they're in the elevator. The fucking demon death elevator. But she doesn't mention that part. Yeah, like the, the walls are pulsing. <laughs> <laughs> like this is clearly made from flesh. <laughs> Uh, outside, uh, Amy is looking through her uh, computer goggles, and she's like, "All oh, the doors are sealed." And Jupiter's like, "Well, I can shoot lightning, <laughs> so yeah. they yeah, are no longer it sealed." It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. She does. She does supreme thunder, and all the other scouts are super impressed because it blows the shit out of the doors. There is an amazing reaction shot of uh, Mars, Mercury, Venus, and uh, the two cats, where everybody just looks like a Peanuts character <laughs> because they're so shocked that Jupiter was like, "Yeah, uh, that's how you open a door, guys." <laughs> 
<laughs> it is awesome. Um, Sometimes you have to blow shit up. So Kunzite and and Zoisite are snuggling on the ro- on the roof. Well, they are, <laughs> except for except that Kunzite is touching the bare minimum of Zoisite. <laughs> he is kind of holding his hair, sort yeah, of. Kind He's of. He's kind of holding, like like lightly holding Zoisite's ponytail <laughs> with his other arm straight at his side. <laughs> So then we cut back to the elevator, and this is where we get the exciting origin of Mamoru Chiba, uh, which is, I'll be honest with you, a little weird. So the story is, when he was six years old, when he was six he years old- He wanted to go on a car ride, and then the very next thing that happened was his parents drove off a cliff. Yes. Well, I mean, we don't get the him wanting to go on a car so it's not his fault in, in this version of it. But we see the car go off a cliff, and it's a fucking epic car going off a cliff shot. It's <laughs> yeah, a, it's actually really beautiful. It's amazing. And the both parents die, and Mamoru lives, but has complete amnesia. And um, th- well, that's it. He, he has complete amnesia, and I guess goes to like an orphanage and stuff. And uh, it's th- this is he, weird. He goes to, to me. his own apartment at the age of six. Well, this is what this is what's weird about it to me. He goes, "I'm trying to get my memories back." And then we get this origin story where we find out he w- became an amnesiac at six. I, don't, I barely remember anything from before I was fucking six. What? Yeah. <laughs> what amazing this- quest does he need to go on to remember? This is like tiger and bunny had the same problem where he's like my parents were murdered when i was four and i can't get over it it's like you remember your parent like how much do you remember from before the age of four right it's like what 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 does he expect to find from before he was i mean again i guess memories of his parents which would be nice yeah i i I think that's like his only memories of his parents would have been before he lost his memory so he just wants to remember his parents they don't say that no they never say that yeah which you'd think would be like the easiest thing to say to kind of give him you know like, like kind of clarify his motivation because yeah like right now it's like I don't remember do I like fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles <laughs> okay to be fair I can only Japanese, find out like in the Japanese version uh, he does say who am I is the first thing that he wakes up and I think that's a sympathetic thought where well, it's of like course, well, you know if you're six right exactly if, um, if for six year yeah. old for six year old Mamoru that is a dreaded a dreaded terrible thing and of course he'll want to remember who he is it's been what yeah. 12 years minimum and I think he's probably developed an identity by then <laughs> maybe not maybe he expects he'll get this and be like oh cool now I'm gonna buy some action figures like I, I don't I think he would not have cared as I'm gonna be a Mamoru defender here I don't Please. think he wouldn't have cared as much except that he's having this recurring dream of something he has to find right so well, that, well that's that's the thing. I, yeah. It, it, but the, now we're talking about his his moon memories. Right. And so it's getting all mixed up. So now in right. this life, he's obsessed with remembering things. And I think that yeah. kind of ties into the fact that he doesn't know he's actually trying to remember a past life, but there's like this current structure where it's like, oh, I must be trying to remember something from my life. And then, of course, when he finds out the truth, he's like, whoa, fuck my life before I was six. That really wasn't... <laughs> Exactly. That becomes completely unimportant. Oh, speaking of which, his memory of the moon princess. It's a really interesting thing that I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's, at the very least, like, it's not stated well. But there Mm -hmm. is a lot of interesting stuff about, like, kind of memory of trying to recover these memories and having this, you know, these visions of of Princess Serenity. And not, you know, not having the advantage that uh, Isagi has of having Luna. Because, you know, Luna (laughs) and Artemis are there to kind of explain things. Like, Luna's there to go like, hey, BT-dubs, I am from the moon. 
moon uh, from a thousand years ago where there was a moon kingdom uh, and we're looking for a moon princess. Like no talking animals walked up to Memoru and were like, hey, uh, you are a reborn person from the moon. Like he does not know that. Yeah. Well, and then beyond that, it's like he doesn't even remember his life before he was six. So it's like a combination of I don't have my regular human memories. Plus, I don't have anybody else explaining these dreams. And to fast forward very briefly to, to Sailor Moon R, the, ne- or, uh, the next season, this is not the first or only time that somebody's going to go to his dreams and mess with him. His <laughs> future true. self does the exact same thing to him when he finally gets over these dreams of the Moon Princess and finds out what's going on and he's like living a normal life. Now he's getting different dreams that are telling him stop loving Sailor Moon, which is yeah. a whole separate thing. But like this guy's plagued with like really soft focus nightmares, you know, like <laughs> can't just let this guy live his life. There's always some voice in his head telling him like, yes, no, yes, no. So, you know. I think he'd be kind of nuts at this point, but anyway. So I I think a lot of our problem with it could have been like if he was 12 or if he was 15. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, he lost his memories. Absolutely. Then you'd be understand much more about why he's determined to remember it. It's just, again, at six, like the number of things I remember from before I was six is pretty low. Um, So his vision of the moon princess. uh, What's that she's looking at? Yeah. Because it looks like the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, unless there's a giant mirror in space, <laughs> the kingdom on the moon should not have a moon. Oh, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get that for a second. Yeah. No, you, don't think, you don't think the moon is in the sky as of the moon? No, I do not. Uh, I do not think well, that obviously, it is. Obviously, that's the sun, and it's like halfway through an eclipse. Okay. <laughs> so that's the earth going in front of the sun. Mm. The earth well, going in front of the sun. This is a dream dropping some subtle imagery saying like, P.S. Moon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Because and this is not the only time when I when you watch the the opening, they I think there's a, a clip of or it's either the opening or the closing. There definitely is another part where I saw like images of the Moon Kingdom where I was like, "There's a moon in the sky. What what is that supposed to represent?" Yeah. Right. Maybe it's just a it's just symbol symbolism. Well, you mentioned that really beautiful bit of animation of the car going over a cliff, yes. which is like just weirdly beautifully animated. They have a very prominent crescent moon in that shot too. So there's a lot of this kind of imagery. Again, moon, sailor moon, moon princess, moon. Moon is always there. Moon is always watching. You'd think somebody would make some kind of a connection before You would think. Mm. So up they go in the elevator. Um, <laughs> Darian's like, or Memora's like, hey, I don't know why I'm telling you this incredibly personal stuff about my life. It's weird. And she's like, yeah, I used to think you were the worst person in the world, but now you're number two. <laughs> Second worst person in the world. <laughs> Which is pretty great. Yes. <laughs> That's them flirting. Yeah, it's And cute. then she has a like, vision of him as tuxedo mask and blushes and goes, oh, how can this be? Sorry, Hitler. <laughs> You're back. You're back in last place. You're back in last place. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, there, there's your title for this episode. Sorry, Hitler. You're back in last place. So, uh, so wait. Okay, she so hates what goes on here? Than Queen Barrel. Does Kunzite like drains the power out of the entire town? Like what? What's that all about? I don't quite know. Yeah. Uh, they just kind of threw that in there. And then, oh, I, another part I love, we find out the scouts are taking the stairs, which is sensible because the elevator is dangerous, but it's like a million stories. <laughs> they, like, look, somebody saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, God. They are not winded when they show up. They are just like, well, because I guess well, they've they- have been eating right they as eat right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Oh, man. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. They run a zillion, zillion flights up the stairs. Um, and yeah, speaking of Ghostbusters, yeah, we get the weird thing of like energy and, and spooky things flying towards the building and the building transforms from a crystal place into a spooky gross place. 
Yeah, Dark Kingdom-esque structure. Yep. Uh, I like that uh, Zoocyte does this awesome, like Zoocyte shows up and he does this awesome thing where he's like holding up his hands and there's like a little like a little spark that jumps from one hand and then it does it again and then it does it again and there's like a whole arc of fire. But like, the like, and it looks really cool like yeah. when it like takes it a minute to get started because yeah. it like builds suspense and like it's like you know, he's showing them what's about to happen. But also, it's very much a Joe Bluth sort of situation. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like... And it finally uh, works. So, like, but where'd I the want lighter that, fluid come from? If anyone wants to set that to uh, the final countdown uh, and put that on YouTube, please at Sailor Business, <laughs> let us know. Uh, so yeah, uh, Zoocyte shoots out an amazing amount of fire. It's like if Zoocyte could do this, right? Why has this not happened before? Because it's awesome, super mm. awesome, super. Like I will say, uh, the animation in this episode is gorgeous really really great like for it being you know the the very dramatic and action heavy episode like there's the the animation that i i tend to like in the show is is more comedically themed it's yeah. the stuff that you know we've seen in the the red butler episode and and the uh even the animating episode the animation studio episode but like this stuff is like super super dramatic and super super action heavy and it's like really good like it's yeah. really really great they have uh, yeah they have so, this they do this effect on usagi where she turns all like red and like just it's really well rendered for when she's like thinking about what she should do because she's like if i the fire is traveling down the the elevator shaft towards them taking its sweet time (laughs) either that or again they really are like a million stories from the top um and uh and she's like well if i if i transform darian will know i'm sailor moon but if i don't we're gonna die so i gotta do it and so she does it which is a great dramatic scene even though yeah, it, it's the most the most oh, Go text. yeah it is the most dramatic transformation that she's ever done too like she goes like there's like dramatic wind blowing there's fire raining down on her there's dramatic lighting it's like it is a big it is the transformation sequence and they show her face getting redder and redder like so it's this big like you know epic shot and it's like cool camera angle and she's doing this big thing and you can just see the blush on her face grow really because he's staring right at her <laughs> she's got this like her face gets all red what <laughs> happens because she's also kind of embarrassed the shots it's such of a him beautiful juxtaposition the shots of him watching her transform are too because he's just completely dumbfounded yeah he had no clue this was coming like she had little visions of him as tuxedo mask that she denies but he <laughs> seems to have never even considered the idea that she was silly moon which is great Mm. now here's the problem with this it's so good it's so dramatic it's so awesome and it makes no sense (laughs) 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 because she transforms and then the fire hits and it blows up and zoisite's like excellent they are super dead there's certainly no way they could get out of that and you know what zoisite is fucking right <laughs> what, what good is transforming into sailor moon gonna do against this we've never seen her do anything that seems to be able to combat what just happened and yet when the smoke clears they have they're not only alive they're they're up at the top now and they're just like i assume it was a super jump of some kind <laughs> another super jump okay another one yeah, of these like, new sailor super just, jumps she just gets general superpowers i guess <laughs> Yeah, not clear. <laughs> but I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's actually yeah. double worth it because then the next scene is even better than this scene because the she goes, I'm here to punish you. Oh, oh, wait, before I get to that, one of the things I love is she, she, part of the punishing she's going to do to Zoisite is going to be on behalf of, of Queen Beryl because <laughs> what literally happens is Zoisite goes, I'm going to call up, I'll just call up Queen Beryl and say, Memora died in an accident. And then Sailor Moon's like, oh, you are a giant liar. I'm going to punish you for lying. 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, he lied to them too, but the most recent lie is to Queen Beryl, so that's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, Zoisite goes, oh, yeah, I'll get you, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna kill you and Tuxedo Mask, so I don't know what the problem is. And she's like, Tuxedo Mask isn't here, idiot. <laughs> and the voice from behind her goes, yeah, I am. She's like, what? And then there's Slow this amazingly, turn. there's this amazing scene in memory, and he's got, like, his hand in his jacket. Yes. And then he just kind of pulls out a rose. Out the rose. <laughs> like, oh, my like, God. In uh-huh. the Deke version, they played the the Spanish guitar, like, like, for the second when when the rose came out and it was hilarious and I'm really sad it wasn't in the Japanese because I remember that went from the deke and I watched the Japanese and I was like oh man I missed that because it was like hilarious they also put in a thought of, of, of Serena in the deke version where she says to herself in her head like a freaking robot oh my god he really is tuxedo mask like oh yeah <laughs> like like that like it's not like oh my god he's really it's like oh my god it's true he really is tuxedo mask Very yeah weird. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. It was weird. It kind of all vocal fry. You know, like, oh, I can't believe it was just, you know. <laughs> and then we get to see his I just transformation. Love, I just love him pulling out the rose like, huh? <laughs> like what's up? Like, it's, it's yeah. me. I got a rose. <laughs> I got a rose. That so. is a really hilarious look on his face. Like, eh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, at this point, he holds all the cards. Sequence, his transformation sequence remains hilarious because, like, <laughs> because he, you know, throws his hat and his hat comes around like a boomerang and then just kind of hovers over his head and then just drops <laughs> Onto his head. Yeah, it looks like it's going to come back to his hand because his hand is still out. But it literally goes. It is the worst superhero pose of all time. It still can't beat the live action sequence where they show him putting on clothes, like action, like putting on a jacket. There's one of him literally pulling pants on. It's like, ah, ah, because it's just clothes, right? So when he has a transformation sequence, a part of it is dramatically pulling pants up around his waist. That's great. And yeah. And then Usagi has some amazing, like, watercolory, like, markery flashbacks. Yes. Connecting uh, Memoru to Tuxedo Mask. And the first one is from the first episode where he is holding up her paper that she got a 30 on and mocking her on the street. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This part was actually, this is the one thing that I think was cut from the Deke. Yeah, it's watercolors of remembering it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was. It was not there, unfortunately. It, so it's that and then Tuxedo Mask saying, saying, crying won't solve anything. And then back to Memoru and he's like, you're an idiot, bunhead. <laughs> And then back to Tuxedo Mask going, you're today's star, Sailor Moon. It's like, what? Don't eat too much. You're going to turn into food. It's like, like, all this is doing is illustrating how terrible their relationship is. It is. It's like, how could you treat me this way? Is it because I'm wearing this outfit all of a sudden? It's like the the boyfriend who's like really mean to wait staff. And it's like, you just treat me different because I'm your girlfriend. Like, but are you truly a terrible person? <laughs> She's like quickly like in her head. She's like, is it worth it? Oh, he's really hot. Mm. But he's also awful. <laughs> but he's also tuxedo mask. Weighing it all out. So so she goes to him, you're, you're injured though. Like, get out of here. I'll fight them. You're going to die. Like, don't do this. Yeah, and he's you're like, still literally bleeding out from a stab wound you have had for 24 hours. I can't tell because your cape is red, but I'm sure you're still bleeding. <laughs> Um, and he's like, no, forget it. I'm going to protect you. That's what I do. I promised it. And then here we go, Leanne. <laughs> here's your, here's, here's what you were alluding to earlier. So I like goes, look, hey, you know what? <laughs> There's no reason we can't just settle this in a simple, straightforward <laughs> fight that is totally above board in all ways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, it, <laughs> this is the exact same situation, Mamoru. Only, like, now you know Zoicide is also angry and desperate. <laughs> so, like, there's even less reason for you to listen to anything that he's saying. And he's like, clearly, we can both agree here that now we're going to fight fair. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like Sailor Moon doesn't say like, wait a minute, like he could be lying. It's just everything here. They're so they're so involved in their own drama that they don't even like start using their brains. They're just like, I'm going to do the heroic hero thing. So I'm clearly going to die anyway. <laughs> like I don't know how he thinks he can possibly win this. But it's like, you know what I mean? They're, they're so like, I have to say this line. And then Zoicide punches them in the face. You know, like <laughs> this is why Zoicide's so amazing. It's so like, yeah, oh, so, so I do feel bad for you guys. Let's so, do this the right way. <laughs> Stab. Like, what did you think, guys? Yeah, Zoisite secretly summons a crystal behind Sailor Moon. Now there's a, a gigantic crystal. A gigantic pointy crystal. Um, it's so huge. But I don't understand the physics of this part a little bit. Because it now tell me I'm wrong. It looks like the plan is I'm gonna stab Sailor Moon in the back, right? Or no? This was always yes. really unclear. I think in the dub they they added a line where he said Sailor Moon look out. Because it oh, yeah. looks like that's what's happening here. But it's not that clear. Uh, like so so what I got when I watched yeah, when I watched the Japanese version, what I got was it's going to stab Sailor Moon. We then cut to, you know, silhouette world where you see it stabbing someone, and then you you pull back and you find out Tuxedo Mask jumped in front of it, I guess. I think so. Um even though he is like nowhere near in position to do that. Last time we <laughs> yeah. saw it, like not even close. In the Deke version, yeah, they 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 changed it around a little bit so it looks less like it was ever gonna hit Sailor Moon and more like this was the intended it was always just going to hit Tuxedo Mask. I don't... I thought I thought he said look out to her. Or maybe... I thought I she know. said look out. Maybe, maybe I'm backwards. Maybe. I, can, I can double it was, check. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was definitely a weird thing. They definitely rearranged some of the shots, too. Like, so it... it which was, which was you know, very strange. Yeah. N- not well done, this part. <laughs> no, no, no. Very confusing. What, what was your take on it, Chris? What did you think happened there? I always assumed that it was Tuxedo Mask pushing her out of the way. Yeah, it's just like he's like 50 feet in front of her and this yeah. crystal is behind her. It's not that her. far. <laughs> it's pretty far uh let's see i'm I'm watching the deke version right now what here's okay here's what they do uh and i'll I'll turn up the volume so i can hear what if what what is said so so the crystal is there it appears it starts flying towards you You get that shot of 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 sailor moon's back which is all weird um and you get that shot of tuxedo mask turning that super dramatic turning his head shot you know Mm -hmm. and then they play that then it stabs into his back in the black outline then they play the turning head shot again in reverse yeah Yeah. so (laughs) (laughs) okay so in the original it's you see the shot of uh uh darian turn or memory turning his head and then you see the crystal flying towards sailor moon so he like would seize it going towards her first Right. Which which makes me feel like he jumped in front of it. I think that's what it really is. But I think, I think they also cut out that silhouette of him being stabbed. I think. In the no, they version, showed it they? just very briefly. Oh, oh, oh okay, the, so. the, the no, 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 the big one. You're right. The big one of the yeah. big shadow with the giant shard sticking out of him. Yeah, they cut that out. Which might be why they show that shot in reverse. That that's supposed to be like ah, I'm recoiling in pain without showing the right, 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 more violent. So he collapses on the ground. She grabs him. Uh, he's so gonna die at this point because oh, it's my a God. giant crystal. Um, and he's like, don't don't look like yeah. you're about to. <laughs> he has been super impaled. <laughs> really yeah. has. Uh, this is the second of three times that Mamoru Chiba will be impaled by a giant crystal. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, so then the scouts show up again. Sometimes, sometimes you just have bad luck about that stuff. Yeah. The scouts show up at the top of the staircase, not winded at all. Uh, Wait, from- yeah, I like how they like they're there now. Like I, I think they've been there for a while. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're just watching. They're just like, I think Ray's like, eh, let's just see how this plays out. No, <laughs> that's her boyfriend. Oh, she doesn't know that. Yeah, she doesn't know that. Right? She, she doesn't. Re- she won't recognize him. He's wearing a mask. Um, exactly. <laughs> so 
Uh, they're too late. He's been stabbed to death. Although again, they she you know what? That's funny. She does go tuxedo mask. And they say tuxedo mask about twenty times in like the span of like a minute. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't recognize him, even though his mask is off. But mm. but the magic of love and tears. <laughs> Literally starts to happen. Literally, the magic of tears. Her tear, yeah, just like just like Ash and uh, and all the Pokemon in Pokemon the movie. Oh, does that happen? There you go. Oh yeah. Oh Jordan, I've you never... don't know how emotional that movie gets. I don't. I don't. Po- listen, there's one Pikachu that is trying to get another Pikachu to fight, and the other Pikachu won't fight back. So there's one Pikachu just punching another one in the face. Oh Jesus what? Christ! For a long time. <laughs> The only Pokemon, I mean, we were just talking about this with people at work. The only Pokemon I've ever seen and the only Digimon I've ever seen is the opening credits of both shows. That's it. Digimon okay, is a well, masterpiece. Uh, anyway, Pokemon is amazing. discussion for another time. Um, so so the, her tear falls and magically pulls the magical crystals from wherever they are. I don't, I, like, honestly, I can't tell where he is, like, where uh, Malachite is. Like, he could be back yeah. at home with these crystals and they just <laughs> fly away. He has away. bailed. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> he, Clearly. He is as far away as possible from... From uh, <laughs> but the crystals start floating and then they fly away and they fly and shrink and fly into her tear and then they all combine to transform and, and make the, the silver, uh, what is it called? The, the legendary, uh, legendary silver crystal. Yeah, yes. I think in Japanese or the Imperium silver crystal in the right. deep version. Right. And it flies uh, onto the moon stick and places itself on the moon stick uh, and uh, well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> when they realize she's the right. princess. Then it, yeah. it, it, she, she, well, does she grab it? I guess yeah, she gets up and she is transformed into the moon princess. Uh, and which, she her, has like creepy dead eyes. Stress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically an outfit change, but that's how we know now that she's the princess. That like, oh my God. Like, dress the looks princess like a princess dress. dress. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't be a peasant. Oh, in that you know dress. what? The crescent shows up on her forehead. That's actually the really yeah. important part. But the dress is like also like driving it home, right? <laughs> she's finally which awakened. Is something that the, there's a bit in the manga where uh, when Artemis goes, like, oh, you know, Sailor V is actually the. Uh, moon princess uh so you know so the moon goes moon princess and then her tiara turns into a crescent moon Mm -hmm. a little bit and she's like she's like huh i feel like i'm almost remembering something (laughs) it's like yeah i know what you're remembering what (laughs) you are the actual moon princess (gasps) Hmm. now for people who are fans of adventure time uh in one of the fiona and cake episodes i think the first one the gender swap when fiona goes to a party she's wearing this dress like the princess serenity dress it's oh, a yeah? sailor moon reference yeah oh i didn't realize that's that's what it was i, th- I mean i think it was pretty obvious like if you were I mean, looking for it not like you would pick it out of a crowd but i think it was a clear homage to it because it has those like it's unsurprising bodice. yeah it's unsurprising given how much uh, uh natasha allegri who designed uh, you know, the fiona and cake character uh, like how much Sailor Moon she has drawn <laughs> on her Tumblr. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so that that does it though, right? Like you know, Artemis goes up. Oh, the Moon Princess is here, <laughs> and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that. I think in the Deke episode, it ends with Serena going like, "Oh my God, I'm a princess," as if or something like crazy like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really casual. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> they always bring it back home to like, I'm just a normal girl. <laughs> Making some sort of snappy one-liner. Oh my god, I'm the moon princess, as if. That is, <laughs> oh, this show is beautiful and perfect. It's, yeah. Th- th- this is, so this is a wonderful episode, and I don't understand why you wouldn't like it. It's so beautiful, it's and it's so I emotional. Like it. And it's just like, oh, when, when the, the, mom- the two moments when they both reveal themselves... They mm. get me every time. They just absolutely get me. And I'm just like, oh, 
it's all happening. <laughs> it's it's not that I don't like it. Like I I still like the show. It's just that I prefer episodes of a slightly different uh, style. Is all. It's again, again, it's because you 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 don't like their romance. They're not your OTP. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> part of it is that. Like I, you know. These are characters that I don't particularly want to see hook up with each other. So, who cares? No, like, I, I like it. Um, and again, I certainly like the uh, this version. And I hate to be a broken record, and I hate to make it sound like I don't like uh, Takeuchi's manga. Because I do. Like, I again, I really, you know, I like everything Sailor Moon more than I like most things that are not Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, it's not like I don't like uh, the manga at all. It's just that I do definitely prefer this to the, the manga version. Largely because... I gravitate towards, and, and and Jordan, I think you know this. We've we've worked together, like you know. Uh, I gravitate towards you know big set pieces, yeah. uh, like exciting settings for action, I, and I think you get those in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think it it makes a little more sense than the way it plays out in the manga. But like you know, the I am way more interested in Yusagi Tsukino, teenage superheroine, than I am Princess Serenity, uh, you know, reincarnated monarch of the moon. Uh, mm. I like you know both aspects of her character certainly, but like I you know I like I like uh, you know Batman as a world traveling superhero more than I like Batman as a, you know, gritty street level detective. I like both of those things. You know, I like the, I like the X-Men as a school more than I like the X-Men as a, uh, weird paramilitary strike force. (laughs) You know, like there are different aspects of things that I like more, even though I like the thing as a whole. I mean, so, I, you know, this yeah. is not my favorite incarnation of Sailor Moon. I, but, I mean, I agree with you in the respect of like, yes, Usagi is way more interesting than the Moon Princess. But like, but they're, this is that's their romance. This is their romance blossoming. <laughs> <laughs> In the I mean, manga version, like, uh, there was when she's discovering who he is um, when they're in his apartment, you know, and he just like changed. <laughs> There's that part where she she like picks up his mask and puts it on him. Right. And she's like, your tuxedo mask. You read this recently, right? It was mm-hmm. either she puts the mask on him or takes it off. I can't remember. But there was something where she it's so intimate. So when I was young, I really loved that aspect of the manga where like she kind of walks right up to him and just touches his face. And it's like, you are the one, you know, like, <laughs> as opposed to this where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's fire coming and there's even though this is so great and it's like really really epic that that's one of those fundamental differences between the anime and the manga it's the manga is way more personal and emotional um it's less about the giant action scenes of the fights the the cool settings and it's really more about like yeah you're alone in his apartment and you put the mask on his face and you're like you son of a bitch like like <laughs> That's very uh, reflective of, of why the manga is so good. So I, I definitely, yeah. when I discovered that, I was really excited as a teenager. I was like, "Ooh, this this version is fun too." <laughs> I, think, I think the scene in the manga like is is really interesting in a completely different way. And the, yeah, it is yeah. Usagi waking up in his apartment, and he's like standing there in uh, you know a ruffled shirt with a bow tie and suspenders on, with his top hat, mask, and cape on the couch. Like, yeah. and, and she goes, "Oh, I get it now." And and that scene yeah. where she puts the mask on him is really great. And the way that he kind of relates everything to her and and he's like he's like yeah i'm tuxedo mask i don't know why i do this like i you know this is what happened like i went on a drive with my parents and the car went off a cliff i don't remember anything and ever since i've been like compelled to do this it's really like (laughs) ever since i I was don't know what's wrong with me so and he wants her to know at that point like he's like let's cards on the table which is very different from how it played out in the anime which is interesting 
Yeah, the way and the way that it plays out in the anime is very much the is very much the traditional sort of. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily Western superheroics because uh, I haven't read a lot of uh, shonen manga, you know, enough to make a generalization. But it's certainly the it's certainly more like the traditional Western superheroic idea of you know, like, oh, this is where the two characters with secret entities figure it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have to they have to reveal it to each other because they're in a, a crisis situation. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And then the shoujo yeah. version, which is like, I got to tell you, I don't know why I do this, but I need you to know <laughs> that I am doing this. And it's like, oh, man, <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like, again, not my favorite, but I still like it. Another, yeah. uh, there is one other big thing we didn't talk about um, because, yes, which is the song. Uh, <laughs> now, Chris is not familiar with this song, but in the Deke version, well, and there is a song actually in the Japanese version. Um, I forget what it's called, but I know it has it has a title and it's it's a big deal as well. But uh, in the Deke version, they replaced it with a song called "My Only Love," and it rules. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is absolutely perfect. It's like this just this romantic little song. So I am going to, I'm going to throw my hat over the wall and say I'm going to do this. So now you will all know that I'm a disgrace if I don't. Uh, we have about a week before this episode has to get edited and put up. Uh, in that week, I intend to record that song and play it as the end theme <laughs> of this song. It? Yes. Nice. Just like, I mean, because I do the theme, the theme song of the show is me. So I'm going to yeah. play it at the end as the end theme of this episode. And if I don't, if it doesn't play, you will all know I'm a failure and you can make fun of me. Unless you cut this part out. <laughs> I'm not going to cut this part out. I have integrity. Amazing. Uh, even if you do it, can I still make fun of you? Nope. Because okay. you're going to you're gonna hear it and you're going to go, my heart is opened and moved and now I love this episode. Mm, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> the Japanese version of this song, or rather the song they played instead of My Only Love, I think is inferior. It sounds like, like I think a lot of the music in Sailor Moon sounds like lounge music or something you'd hear in an elevator. Like, I'm just not, I'm not wild for the original Japanese soundtrack. I much prefer the Saturday morning cartoon sort of soundtrack that Deke put on. But also, this sounded like an older woman singing some sort of like dated love song that old people would like uh, as opposed to my only love which is very much like a like sounded like a 16 year old recording artist wrote this song you know like an early taylor swift version of like kind of poppy and young and vulnerable and just like sweet and simple and it was it fits so beautifully here. Yeah. And even though the the entire Deke soundtrack to Sailor Moon, when they did original songs, were like really great. I, I mean, I think so many, like Rainy Day Man with the <laughs> Jupiter's first appearance. Like these are great little pop songs. Um, I think they also just kind of, I feel like they matched Sailor Moon better than the original soundtrack, which was this more like, you know, traditional older lady singing these epic songs. It'd be like an opening to a, you know, I mean, they feel a little, not sitcom-y, but you know what I mean? They just, they felt more adult. They felt more classic and, and almost regular retro and stuff, whereas the Deke version was really at all times aimed for a younger audience. And that included like kind of more teenagery stuff, including the the soundtrack. So, and that's why I think My Only Love works on a lot of levels. It it felt like something that she would sing, you know, that she came up with. It's a very simple and unsubtle song. Like it's not, (laughs) it just kind of says, I I feel like I love you so much. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 it also is like a really simplistic song. The like the like pattern of the song is verse, chorus, chorus, done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> course. But it sounds like something that she wrote in romantic sure. angst in her room as a poem, and then she set music to it, and then she put it in a diary and never let anyone see it. Like, that's what this song feels like, yeah. which is perfect. So, anyway, I love it so much. So Chris, you'll hear it soon, Chris. <laughs> I am I am looking forward to it, because you know I listen to our show. I'll, I'll, I'll make <laughs> sure you podcast. hear it. No, I, like, I actually do listen to the show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
But what did we learn from this? I am. Was there a Sailor Moon says in this episode? There sure was. Surely there absolutely okay. was. Okay. All right. I gotta. I gotta know. I gotta <laughs> know what they said about this one. All right. Here we go. What did we learn, Jordan? Do we have it queued? Yep. Darian got injured by that scheming lowlife Zoisite, <laughs> but we all get hurt every day in a lot less unusual ways, like running too fast. Right. Never run to slick wet surface or with sharp objects in your hands. And pay attention to what you're doing and where you're going. Don't be an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, take your time and think about what you're doing while you're doing it. Sailor Moon says... Okay, first question was Luna drunk. Luna again. They, it's to do with the clip. They 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 showed the clip of from the, the clock episode where she's trying to jump through the portal and then it turns back into a wall and and she goes face first into the wall and then that's that's when she said it when she had like all Don't lines run on her with face. Scissors, kids. Yeah, that's what it was. Don't run with scissors. That, again, oh good advice. <laughs> Don't run quickly on a slick surface. Sailor Moon don't. says is like a treasure from old generations that must be kept alive. I don't know. Like, I don't know Phillips? why. I don't know why cartoons stop doing this. <laughs> I wish. Like, how great would it be if, like, I don't know, like the end of Gravity Falls. <laughs> Like, Uncle Stan came out and he was like, hey, kids, we've had a lot of fun today. Like, why did they ever stop doing these? Oh, they're such a product of the time. It's like when yeah. you play video games, they say, like, don't do drugs, you know? Like, I really miss that. I mean, I think all kids made fun of it because it was a very hollow, like, sort of pandering. You're talking about, uh, about winners don't, don't use drugs? A quote from William yeah, F. Sessions, yeah. director of the FBI. Yeah, exactly. Like, in, in video games and stuff. Like, that has largely died out. I think they try to get kids through those, like, cool don't smoke commercials, which, to be fair, actually pretty cool these days um but well, that was... kind of like blatant hey kids while you're here do the you know vote for the following candidate or you know make sure you shower you got to shower every day now guys seriously well it was like... some like law thing wasn't it it was like legally mandated for some reason in sailor moon i think it was mandated in on canadian by canadian broadcasting standards i think if it was considered a kid's show you needed to have a certain amount of educational content but yeah I, I think it was you know i mean george bush was big on that i think um over here where like there was a don't do drugs crossover cartoon that came out like Oh yeah, cartoon all stars to the rescue. Yeah, with like Ninja Turtles hanging out with the Smurfs, hanging out with but oh my god, you don't know about this? No, how do you not know about cartoon all stars to the rescue? I don't remember it. This was yeah. Why don't you explain it, Chris? (laughs) Okay, it's an anti-drug special. It's like a half-hour special. And the big deal was, like, it was the stars of all the Saturday morning cartoons, like, together. Like, Garfield is in it, and Bugs Bunny's in it, and the Ninja Turtles. It's like, it, like there. It's like a, it's like a big crossover that's all about, like, telling kids not to do drugs. But there was a plot. Like, it was like a kid a steals plot. money from his little sister's piggy bank because he needs to go buy drugs. And as he's going to buy drugs, all these cartoon characters are like bumping into him and telling him to stop. Like they're like, you know, maybe, maybe you should rethink what you're doing. And he's like, I don't need to. Michelangelo, you can't tell me what to do and runs off. And it's like slowly all the cartoons are like wearing down his, you know, okay. because he knows what he's doing is wrong. Maybe I'm remembering some of it wrong, but. Here's who's in it. Here's who's in yeah, it. Yeah, I just called that Alf. up as well. It's crazy. Alf was in uh, well, And animated Alf because there was an Alf okay. cartoon at one point. Okay, Alf Mania that. swept the nation. 
Uh, there was uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie from DuckTales, Garfield, mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, Kermit, Piggy, and Gonzo from the Muppet Babies, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Slimer from the Ghostbusters, uh, Papa Smurf, Brainy Smurf, and Hefty Smurf, and Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle. Holy crap. Yeah, and the opening All telling was- telling kids not to, not to buy weed. Yeah, and like the opening was the, the president and, and Barbara Bush being like, you know, remember kids don't like- <laughs> This was- <laughs> A very big marketing campaign, like anti-drug. And when I was a kid, I was so psyched about this. Like we were, we were the whole family got together. And we were going to record it and everything. And I think we did. Um, Because I remember always fast forwarding to the part where Michelangelo shows up. Because I was like, hmm, that's why I was there, really. But yeah, awesome. It has, a, it has a song written by Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, apparently. Oh. Wonderful Ways to Say No, it's called, the song. <laughs> wow. Jeez, that might have been at the end. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like I should watch it. It looks like it's up on YouTube. It's a half hour long. I'm sure. Sh- Sure it is on YouTube. Yeah, and I mean, like, rights issues prevent it from being, like, legally released. Yeah. But you could get, like, a VHS tape of it. Wait, at, wait. like, McDonald's, I feel like. It says it was originally Maybe. simulcast on all four networks. Yeah. It was on ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS at the exact same time. Yeah. Makes sense. It I remember it was a really deal, big dude. deal. Yeah. Holy crap. Maybe I must have seen it. I must have. <laughs> what, what year did and, it come out? In 1990? I was 10 years 1990. old. 1990. So there's Are no you way the I... same age? Oh, no. You, uh, you just said 1990. You were 10. I'm sorry. I, I forgot how old, old I am. <laughs> how old were you in 1990? I was 8. I was 10 in 92. Yeah, same here. Wow. Uh, yeah, like... Th- and that that is the reason I have never done drugs. Because <laughs> I always think person. about Michelangelo telling, telling me it would be a bad idea. Like, And uh, when has he ever steered me wrong? Because he's a party dude, mm. but not that kind of party. Yeah. Exactly. He wants to put jelly exactly. beans on his pizza and not smoke up. That's crazy. Yeah, that stuff's for losers. Yeah, well, I just found it on YouTube, so all right, I'll totally watch it later. All right, well, I guess I guess that's what you're doing today. So, what did we learn from this show? Oh uh, Liam, what did you learn from uh, from uh, Crystal Clear Destiny? What didn't I learn, man? This is like. <laughs> Like, all of the things that you think you can handle, you can't. All those people you think you hate, you love them. Like, all those people that you think you're hiding from, they know, they knew all along and they're coming for you. I mean, it's just like, this is the episode that you are, you were a child and now you're, you're an adult and you have to face the adult world. Not even you're an adult, rather. Now the adult world has opened up and you've got to get your shit together and face it, which is why this is such a great episode. It's a great episode. All right, then. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn? From the, did, you, did you have an equally harrowing lesson? <laughs> I learned that Zoysite is a turd. Like, come on. Zoysite can't do a freaking thing, single honest thing to save his or her life, depending on which version you're watching. It's crazy. Um, anyway, also, I learned that uh, Memoro's tuxedo mask and that Usagi is Sailor Moon. Have you not been listening to the intro to the show every week for the past three quarters of a year? And who the Moon Princess is. How about that? Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, learned, I learned that if you get stabbed <laughs> by a sharp <laughs> object that is about the width of a broom handle, uh, you can just you can just go about your day. It's no big. Just very slowly <laughs> and hunched over. Yeah, you just like don't even don't even seek medical attention. Like it's it's way worse to get uh, to run with scissors apparently than to actually be stabbed <laughs> in the shoulder by some dirty <laughs> piece of rock. Oh god. Uh, so yeah, that that does it. No, I think we I think we've gone through this pretty well. But yeah, I know you you both certainly uh, love this episode. I yes. think it's fair to say. Yes. Uh, oh my god. Yes. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Because it's where you become an adult. <laughs> <laughs> episode 34. 
It's where you learn about true love. Come on. I think I think you took the wrong lesson from it, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you took the. I think I don't think that's becoming an adult, really. It's more like now you're ex- you're in the adult world. You're not expected to be an adult, but you don't feel like an adult yet. I mean, unless there's some kids that walked in, they're like, "Yeah, now I'm ready." <laughs> like, but as a kid, I was just like, "Oh God, now I have to deal with everything." Poor Solomon has to deal with everything. This is going to be so great next episode. Please. <laughs> Uh, what is our next episode? Oh, uh, what is the next one called? It's, it's uh the it, it's not the princess training one, which is where things go back to being weird. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, which is that's a couple. Which is another weird thing because the show does just go back to being weird in two weeks. Uh, let's see, <laughs> it's turning memories. Usagi and memories past. So we have uh one more or two more really serious episodes, uh, including one about that asks, "Is tuxedo mask evil?" Yes. Yes, no, just never. not maybe in the way you think. Maybe not in the way you think. Uh, uh, great. So, art. like, just to give everybody an idea of what's going on, we've got uh, Intervenus, the Last Sailor Guardian, the Shining Silver Crystal, the Moon, Returning Memories, Usagi and Memories of the Past, Usagi's Confusion, is Tuxedo Mask Evil? Like four, like really, like serious episodes, and then episode thirty-seven, Let's Become a Princess, Usagi's Bizarre Training, and episode thirty-eight, The Snow, the Mountains, Friendship, and Monsters. <laughs> That's a good one. So it's time for a winter break. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, definitely a uh, definitely an important episode. This was a big episode, and it's a cliffhanger. We don't know he might die. He got injured mm-hmm. by that creep Zosite. He is unresponsive at this point. Yeah. Too. Like he's, yeah. and then the shortly. Moral lesson is like, like the little moral lesson comes in. It's like, hey, uh, remember who got injured or, or Darian got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Darian's Darian's definitely not dead from being stabbed by by like Darian's definitely dead from being impaled through the spine and heart by a giant crystal <laughs> about the width of a football. Uh, but don't run with scissors, kids. <laughs> that is some again. That is some Arrested Development. <laughs> that is some J. Walter Weatherman. Oh yes, yes, yes. And that's why you don't run with scissors. Oh my god! Well, you managed to make two arrested, really apt Arrested Development references. It's my one marketable skill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, um, a, a definitely an important episode, uh, and I'm glad that uh, glad that Leanne that you came back. Uh, I'm glad that you're like so obviously excited about this episode. That's really oh fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. I still get all riled up about this. It's great. I think now we've got to go about the rest of our days like all pumped up from watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, before we go about the rest of our day, though, uh, Leanne, where can everyone find you online? Uh, at Tokyo Demons, one word on Twitter, or at Sparkler Monthly on Twitter slash Sparkler Monthly. Uh, dot com it's a like an english version of a shoujo magazine kind of that i'm one of the head editors for so i'm spending most of my time on there all right and uh you can of course find me on twitter at the isb and you can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. And if you're looking for past episodes, uh, you can find us on uh, SailorBusiness.com, where you can go listen to all 34 episodes of the show. Uh, if you like the show and you you want to help us out a little bit, you could throw us some, uh, some five-star reviews on iTunes to help other Sailor Moon fans find the show. I will say uh, I have had conversations with a, a, a person that I know in real life that I ran into who has been watching the show along with our reviews. Views, which is really fun. <laughs> I 
know that that is happening out there. Not somewhere. necessarily recommended. <laughs> I recommend it highly. I mean, we spoil stuff a little, but still. I mean, this is this is clearly the ideal way to experience Sailor Moon. I don't know what what you're talking about. Like, why would it not be? The ideal way uh, is to be a teenage girl in the '90s. But yeah, right. I mean, I told you we've also had people tell us that uh, that they they listen to the show and don't watch Sailor Moon and have never watched oh, Sailor okay. Moon. So that is now that's that a, I cannot understand. That's a crazy way to experience the show. Yeah, that yeah. just our version. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, another great guest uh, for returning memories, Usagi and memories past. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business.